0: Swung on a high
1: Swung away. on high. This fly. is tagged. High 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 hammered at the gap. At the
0: track. High and deep track to right. ball. That ball just got it's out of hit a ton. This is going to go to the rock This file. ball's getting small. This is right back at the track. Seems like the ball's had a lot of life the last couple of nights. Ago. We could go back to back. Here's Adam Engel. Swing a long one to left. We're going to have a tie ball game. He did go back to back. I and deep. This is crushed to left center field. This is going to go for a home run.
1: Way out
2: of here. This is, is White Sox Weekly.
1: Strike after strike. He is on a roll. Seven straight strikeouts, the wind and the 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss and a fastball away, make it eight in a row for Giolito. Coming off of my year and 18, had a lot of adjustments to be made, I had to fix some mechanical things, I had to fix some mental stuff, and then I was able to have a pretty good body of work, for me it just makes me hungrier for more. Anderson hits one of the air. Deep into left field.
0: Gordon turns and watches, and this one is gone. Way up into the
1: bleachers.
0: He turned on it, burned on it, flipped the bat, and started running. You know, we broke down my swing, and uh, we made some changes, and uh, it it seemed to work for me.
2: The Chicago baseball conversation. Deep
3: into right field.
2: On the flagship home of the Sox. It is gone. 720 WGN. Yeah, yeah. Welcome in.
3: 408 White Sox Weekly and then some sports talk coming at you with you till 730 tonight. My name is Mark Carmen. This is 720 WGN. Curtis Koch producing the program today. Your participation is welcome. 312-981-7200. Scott Merkin, MLB.com coming up here In about six minutes, the White Sox, of course, have been busy. Nomar Mazzara coming over from the Texas Rangers. And here's a guy who's got some pop, and he's 24 years old, and he hits 500-foot home runs. He has struggled to stay healthy. But, uh, hey, look, 116 games last year. 19 homers, 66 RBIs. I know the White Sox did not want to part with Steele Walker, who was a second-round pick, but you got to give up something to get something, a cost-controlled player. The White Sox can decide down the line whether or not they want to play him. Mazzaro, by the way, is happy to be here.
0: I was about to sleep, but when my agent, my agent called me, I was like, why did he calling me so late? So then he told me to be, you know, to be hit-up, then there's some things going on right now with the White Sox. You know, they've they been in the big one me for a long time, and but they were going serious at that moment. I was like, okay, I'm ready. There you go. Something, you get the... Something happens, gonna happen. Like, a change is always good for you know for for everybody. So you know, I was ready at that moment.
3: Sorry to jump you there, Nomar. Welcome to Chicago. Hey. You get that late-night call from the agent, right? Why is my agent calling me at 1030 at night? This is not normal. I must be on the move. And if you're a guy like Nomar, you've only spent you know, your baseball time with one organization, that being the Texas Rangers. You don't know anything different. Of course, you've played at Guaranteed Rate Field. You probably know Chicago's a great city. That's a major change. All right, I'm on the move for the first time in my career as far as being traded in the big leagues. Now I'm a Chicago White Sox. Now I've got perhaps different expectations. But, uh, hey, I don't think that the spotlight's going to be all over Nomar like a huge free agent signing, right? It's the guy that's going to fit in and hopefully do a great job in right field and whatever else the White Sox ask him to do. The other move this week, Gio Gonzalez, which no one is super excited about Gio Gonzalez, apparently, except for me. I like moderate, intelligent, not full commitment signings. One year, $5 million. I know he's 34. I know he only pitched 87-plus innings last year, but he was great in September. If you go back down his, his game log now, he wasn't throwing a ton of innings. But in September last year, he had an area of 1.17, four and two-thirds against the Rockies, four hits, didn't allow anything, struck out five, Three and a third against the Pirates, allowed nothing. Uh, Craig Counsell and the Brewers were, you know, being very aggressive with their bullpen in a pennant race, so he wasn't pitching deep in the games. And this is your quintessential fifth starter, but I like it, low risk. Let's see what Geo can uh, finally can be a White Sox. Of course, he was drafted here and then traded for Jim Tomey and then traded again with Freddie Garcia and then bouncing all around, but finally going to get a, get to play for the White Sox. And I, I just like the concept. Look. Let's see what Michael Kopeck does at the start of the year. Let's see what Dylan Cease does. Let's see what Lucas Giolito does. And if the White Sox are in it come June, slash July, then you can make an aggressive trade. Maybe the Sox will continue to be aggressive here in the offseason um, and go out and get Jin Roo, or perhaps they'll pay for Dallas Keuchel, which was, if they do, great. But if they don't, I'm not gonna be here saying it's been a disappointing offseason. You've you've added in Grandal, you've added in Geo, you've added in Mazzara. you're building this up. You're not you're giving yourself a ton of flexibility for the future. I think all that is good. We'll see what Scott Merkin thinks coming up here in a couple of moments. Uh three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is the phone number. And hey, give the gift of White Sox baseball. You get to do that this season with a holiday pack. It starts at just $36 each pack. You get four ticket vouchers for the 2020 season. You can add on opening day tickets for just $29 more if you want to go that route. Get yours today at WhiteSox.com slash holiday packs. One more from Mazzara. And, hey, change is a good thing. Coming over, opportunity. Nomar on being a White Sox.
0: Yeah, it's good though. I know a lot of people in the White Sox though, so you know I'm really excited. I'm looking forward for next season, and you know uh, a little a lot of good things are going to happen. You know I'm working really hard. I know the guys are working really hard, and you
3: know
0: hopefully it's going to be a good season.
3: Sounds excited as you would think he would be, Nomar. Welcome to Chicago. Hope you have a huge season coming on over from the Texas Rangers. Hey, shout out before we take a quick time out. Tim Anderson, one of my favorites, and his wife Bria, who's also awesome. Uh, they had a moment this week at Guaranteed Rate Field. They were honoring a local youngster by the name of Kelvin Jenks, who's on the White Sox Amateur City Under 13 Elite Team, and they gave young Jelks, young Kelvin Jelks, one thousand dollars in holiday presents, and he got to come to Guaranteed Rate Field meet Tim. Meet Bria now. Jelks is obviously playing some baseball, doing his schoolwork, uh, but he's also helping out his aunt, who's a single working mom, doing some of the family responsibilities, taking on perhaps a little bit more than a young kid normally does. And his favorite player, young Calvion, is Tim Anderson. So how cool is that? You get to go to Guaranteed Right Field. Here's Tim. He's hooking him up. And, uh Yeah. He gets, uh, apparently, when uh, Kelvin was playing this summer, he did the Tim Anderson bat flip in a game after he had a home run, which is sweet. Go have some fun. Uh, and he got to meet Tim this week. And a shout-out to Tim Anderson, by the way. I love the shoe choice, if you're listening to me. Rockin' the Air Jordans, 1996. That's impressive, my friend. All right, Scott Merkin's coming up here. White Sox Weekly. This is 720
0: WGN. At the wall, the 380. Gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson.
2: 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720
3: WGN. All right, White Sox Weekly rolling on here. Nomar Mazzara, Gio Gonzalez in the fold. Scott Merkin's been in the fold since he came out of the womb. And he joins us now on <laughs> 720 WGN. Merck, how are you? Happy holidays, my friend.
1: Happy holidays to you, Mark. So, are we excited
3: in Merck land here? Mazzara, Gio, I'm trying to sell this, Merck. I mean, I don't even know if I need to, but I like reasonable plays. And maybe the White Sox didn't necessarily want to get you know par with Steel Walker, but got to give up something to get something. Gio, yes, he's 34, and maybe he's not going to throw 200 innings this year, but he might throw... 175, and you're paying him $5 million. Not a bad guy at the back end of your rotation. You still have all your financial flexibility. I've got no problem with what's going on here. Do you?
1: No, first of all, I'm excited because Michigan basketball and Juwan Howard got back on the winning track this morning against the uh, vaunted Presbyterian, whatever the heck their nickname is. But well, I might be solo on that one. Well, me and myself and Juwan Howard and the team probably, that's about it. You know, I, but back I, to the baseball question wait, you were asking. I think hold on. that Hold on,
3: hold on one second. Hold on, because you brought up Jawan Howard. I did talk to someone this this week, Merck, Just me and you right now. Jawan Howard to the Chicago Bulls at the end of the season. Howard to the Bulls. <laughs> I don't. I don't think
1: that's going to happen. I. I. You know, we've we heard for years and years about not years and years. He's only been there five, four or five years. About how Jim Harbaugh was going to the NFL as soon as he possibly could, and. Yeah, you know, I think the family gets. I mean, I'm not just talking about the school because I love going to the school, but the city's pretty great too in Ann Arbor, and I think the family gets kind of hooked on it and wants to stay there. And he's got a really good recruiting class coming in, so I mean, I think he would be a great fit. I, I real, I mean, whether they finish twenty-seven and five in the regular season or they go eighteen and thirteen or whatever it is, I think he was a great hire. I think he's an inventive young basketball mind. I think he'd be great. You know, for the Bulls, I think he'd be great for any team. And I know uh, they were talking on the broadcast today that he had interviewed for a couple NBA jobs and was getting ready to interview for the Minnesota job. And then Michigan came along and he said that was the only school, college he would take. And I get that, you know, we're going way too deep into this for for a baseball show, but I get that a lot of the you know NBA guys who transfer over to the college ranks don't exactly excel. You know, I think Fred Hoiberg is an example of someone who did. Over at Iowa State and is now rebuilding Nebraska, but you know I, I think he, you know, having played there for three years, I think he's really connected to that school, and I think I think he's going to stay there. But you know, the right offer comes along and your connection breaks a little bit, right?
3: I'm just I'm just telling you. All right. I love well, that you have thoughts on everything and 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 deep ones here on Juwan Howard, but I just it's a, yes. l- a little birdie told me that was a possibility. But all right, go ahead. Very interesting. Go ahead on Mazzara and 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 Gio and what the Sox are doing.
1: Well, I think first of all, it's interesting that you know Gio Gonzalez. I think it's just myself. And Scott Greger and, I guess, Bruce Levine, too, are the only three who covered Gio in his first incarnation with the White Sox when he was a, you know, the a, a, a 30th pick overall in the draft, and I believe it was 2004, right, if I'm if I'm remembering right, and then was traded to add you know, Hall of Famer Jim Tomey into the middle of that lineup when they were, uh, you know, going for the repeat in 2006. You know, kind of young guy, full energy, great guy to talk with, a really talented kid, and now, you know, 14 years later, he's a veteran, and I think a real good pickup for them, you know, right now you look at it, and he's probably slots in at like two or three at this point, and I think he has that kind of ability, even, you know, in year 13, even like, you know, he's done at year 13, to, to pitch at that level, but I don't think the Sox are done yet in terms of the rotation. It'll be interesting to see, though, you know, they, they clearly committed to Zach Weir. They're two Players they were committing to at the beginning of the offseason in a major way were Yasmani Grandal and Zach Wheeler. They got Yasmani Grandal. You know, before Thanksgiving, they locked him down. They did everything they possibly could to get Zach Wheeler, and they were the choice of Zach Wheeler. If he didn't want to stay east, he did. He stayed with the Phillies. So now the question is, and I don't have an answer for this, you know, do they want to go to a similar commitment? Obviously, they're not going to go to $125 million with any of the pitchers that are out there, not even close. But do they feel... Comfortable going to a more extended commitment, just as examples, because they're the two big names out there for guys like Ryu or Keikel or will they go with someone who could possibly be more of, you know, a fourth or fifth starter and a guy who could switch into the bullpen when Michael Kopech comes back, which probably should be you know late April, early May, something like that. So it'll be an interesting decision of that. And I, you know, I like uh, the Zara pickup. I mean, St- Steel Walker was a, an interesting kid, you know, a talented kid, and I think they have other guys like him in the system. And, again, he may turn out to be something great, but I think that Mazzara, you know, you can't really go that he's going to a hitter's ballpark because it's a pretty good hitter's ballpark in Texas, too. Sure. But I think there's some untapped talent there to get to. I know he uh, didn't have a lot of lift on his drives. You know, he hit, hit a high ground ball rate from what I remember. And I, I just think, you know, and they're also, he's not the, the guy. You know, he was the guy almost. And he was one of the guys in Texas, but he was a big guy, a big name, pretty much from when he started with the Rangers. And here he's going to be one of the guys, you know, he's going to hit six, seventh in the lineup, may even be a platoon at the start of the season with someone like Leary Garcia out in right field against left-handed hitters. Cause uh, Mazzara is much better against right-handed pitchers. And they're still not done in that area. I think they still have, you know, another starting pitcher, another hitter, whether it's a right fielder or a DH type, and at least one reliever to add to this mix. So I like what they've done. I think they've done what they said they were going to do. And, I think it would be a lot different picture for fans if Wheeler had said yes to the White Sox. It'd be pretty much, you know, going into Christmas, going into the New Year, going into Hanukkah too for that matter, without with pretty much very little to do in terms of your, you know, needs to check off the, the list sort of thing.
3: Yeah, I, I was on Sports Talk Live earlier this week and one of the topics on there was will anybody take the White Sox's money? Because Zach Wheeler didn't. And my take, Merc, is that Look, if the White Sox continue to be at the top of the market like they were for Zach Wheeler, then they're going to get most every player. It just was a unique situation with Wheeler wanting to stay out east. If if they want to, there's there's not some thing that guys don't want to come play in Chicago with the White Sox.
1: That's ridiculous, right? I mean, so no, but I think I think there is a situation where you're rebuilding. You know, as they realize during the early stages of the rebuild, you're probably not going to pack the stadium. You know although they have a very ardent fan but I've said this to a number of people over this last year. I thought last year's crowds, whether they were 18,000 or 30,000, were about as loud as I've heard in about seven or eight years at that ballpark. I mean, they really were in – you can tell they really embraced these young players. But I think you look at every rebuild, and I know Sox fans don't like comparing to Cubs fans, and Cubs fans don't like hearing situations compared to the Sox. But if you go back, there were guys the Cubs missed on before they locked down John Lester. And I think that's why Grendel was kind of important – that shows, yeah, you know, the guy, he took the money, he took the length of the deal, but he also bought into what the Sox were doing. You know, I don't think any of these guys are just going to, there's offers all over the place for the main guys. So they're not going to just give up their prime years by saying, oh, you know, it's the best offer, so I don't care. I think there's got to be a connection to the team and a connection with the organization is doing. But every team that's in this kind of phase, I think, goes through that time where they're, Right in the mix, but don't get the guy, and then eventually you get the guy or two, and that turns things completely. And then you got to be careful not to take the wrong guy after that, right? So I mean, it's it's kind of a, a circular thing there. But yeah, I, I think people want to play for the White Sox. I think they're in competition to get these guys, and at this point, it just hasn't worked for you know guys like Wheeler or if you go back to you know Machado last season.
3: Right, but and the, the Machado's thing though is they were not at the top
1: of the guaranteed money. Tree. They San Diego was offering. No, they weren't. But they were the seemingly. I mean, and we don't know the entire detailed last drop idea of every negotiation with Manny Machado. But they seem to be the only team in there for a long time. Like seriously, in there. You know, there were other teams who kind of came and went from what we heard, and then the Padres got in late. But no, they weren't in terms of guaranteed money. They weren't at the top of that list at, at the end of the negotiations. You are correct.
3: So uh, that's all I'm saying. Look, if, if they were, right. I think Machado. Probably would have been here. And now whether that, by the way, whether or not that would have been a good thing, I think I still think is, is a question mark. I don't know if you wanted to commit $300-plus to Manny Machado. Right.
1: I think, you know, a lot of people look at what Machado and Harper did last year and kind of make the – and I'm not saying you're doing this – but kind of make the, the jump like, oh, the teams are better off. But, I mean, these are good players, and I'm not going to really base a long-term contract on one single season. I think, you know, Harper is gonna, would have been a huge fit for the White Sox, obviously, a left-handed power bat who can play, you know, good defense and right. And Machado really is a talent that would help just on his talent would help any team. But again, yeah, I mean, maybe you take that money and you spread it out over a couple of years and, you know, they tried to do that. They got Brendel for, you know, what a franchise record, 73 million. They offered Wheeler 125 and he took the 118. As I said, a number of times, it's great when you can settle for 118 million, right? It's, it's it. kind of like your contract, right? Mark, you settled for 118 million there.
3: Right. There. Um, I, do, I do love it when players say, you know, I, I just got to think about my family. Are you not thinking about <laughs> your family at eighty-five million, and you were at one eighteen?
1: <laughs> I, I, I think I think I can speak for both of us that if we got like eighty-five million, I think we would be able to spend on our family, other families for the rest of our lives, pretty much. But hey, okay. that's the market, and that's what they decide, right? I mean, that's you know, those are the. It's like when someone says, "Oh, you overpaid for this or overpaid for that." Well, no one overpaid unless you are bidding against yourself. If that's the market value, you know, if that's what the negotiations are going for then and that's what you signed the guy for then that's, you know, you can judge it as an overpaid, but you really didn't because that's what it called for to get the player.
3: R- rewinding back as far as overpaying, you've got two guys out there, uh, both lefties, Hung Jin Ryu, who was with the Dodgers last year and, and Dallas Keuchel both sitting there. They're both Scott Boris clients. Keuchel was pitching on a one-year deal. Now it's, you know, rumored four years and 80 million and Ryu might get more than that.
1: Uh, a do you think the White Sox are in there and B do you think they should be? I think they've checked in on a number of different starters. You know, I don't know how deep they're in on either one of them. I think they again, I think they're in there. I think the question of it is, you know, how far do they want to go with with the process and to what level they want to go to the process. I, I will say both guys are, you know, consummate veterans, have put up good numbers over the years, and I think would be good fits in terms of left handed pitchers. is you know, more of a ground ball guy, and which would play well at guaranteed rate you would think and you know good influences on the younger staff they have remember you know one of the reasons they probably don't have to go out of their minds in terms of you know offering more than they want to a guy they may not want to offer more than they want is they do have a lot of young pitching coming now you know the thing about young pitching is they don't all pan out obviously so you can say we have seven guys that we think could help this team in the next two or three years and maybe two or three come up but i mean you don't really have to scramble this year for the guy you know you have Michael Kopech who's going to be back who's you know healthy and going forward and should be completely healthy and ready to go at spring training but you know the fact that he only had made four major league starts and hasn't pitched in a regular season game since what September of 18 right so they'll go slowly with him you have Dane Dunning coming back and I know Don Cooper's pointed this out to me that he was only at Birmingham when he got hurt but Rick Hahn talked about that you know he was a guy before the injury who was kind of you know, on the outskirts of the picture for the team's fifth starter at the start of last season. So I don't think he's too far off. I don't don't think in this day and age you have to go, you know, double-A, triple-A majors to get to the majors. I think if you're good, you kind of set your own timetable. And let's not forget Carlos Rodon, you know, should be back at some point during the year. So you have help coming along with any other guys you have down at Charlotte and some of the other young guys in the system. So I think you got to balance that out as to how far you want to go on, you know, these free agents. And, of course, we haven't talked about there's – you know, I'm sure there's a, there's a number of trade possibilities out there too that they can approach to add a pitcher. See
3: that that part, I, I really enjoy the maybe you make a deal of s- some guy like a David Price, uh, you eat up some salary that people want to dump, and you end up not in as long term of you know of a contract situation. There's a lot of ways they could go. I love that path, uh, and I also love the path that hey, you don't know what you have yet. Is Dylan Cease going to be able to hold down it every you know right. every fifth day? Is Michael Kopeck going to be doing the same thing? Because if they're not then you're kind of spending ahead of when you need to. And I know that if it's really somebody that you want for the long term, I get it. But just to be all in at the top of the market for someone that you're, you know, maybe you want 75% of the way, it doesn't make sense. To right. We'll, we'll see what
1: And I think one of the differences in their rebuild, and I can't remember every intricacy of like the Royals and the Astros and the Cubs, is that, you know, the Sox have a very winnable division, obviously, especially if right. Cleveland continues to move and, you know, somehow moves Lindor and Clevenger. My goodness, you know, that would certainly change the look of that team. And that would basically leave the Minnesota Twins, you know, you're chasing down there. And, you know, I mean, it's easier said than done. You know, the Royals, even when they've been bad, have played the White Sox well. The Tigers have done the same over the years. So, I mean, you can't automatically just say, okay, well, Cleveland's taking a step back. So now it's basically us and the Twins or the White Sox and the Twins. But, I mean, you know, I think that's one of the things that's influencing people on the outside, too, saying you make this move and that move and we can go right at it. But that's something that Rick Hunt has stayed true to, and Kenny Williams, too, whenever you've talked to these guys, and you know this, Mark, over the last, you know, what is it, this is the fourth year of the rebuild now, right? Yeah, fourth year. They have said their goal is to be in contention for multiple titles. You know, they are not looking to jump up and take a winnable division this year. Now, again, I think they're looking for at the very least a 500 season this year. You know, this is the time, and Ricky Renteria has said this a number of times, time to move forward, you know, enough of the 63-71 win seasons but you're not necessarily going to go all-in just to kind of win in 2020. You want to make the right moves to win in 20, 21, 22, 23, et cetera. Mark, you're
3: the best. Always good to talk to you, my friend. All right, Mark. Have a happy holiday. You as well. Scott MLB MLB.com. Quick timeout. And the man, Ed Farmer, Farmio. Coming up here, always excited to talk to Farmio. The White Sox pop-up shop is back. It's at the Orland Square Mall this offseason. You can visit the White Sox store at Orland Square Mall right now through January the 15th, conveniently located across from the Apple Store. Fans can shop stadium exclusives and special promotions throughout the holidays. For more information, follow at White Sox store on Instagram. Farmio next, 720
2: WGN. WGN, the team's flagship radio station. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN.
3: Missed you guys last couple of weeks. Was on the old honeymoon. Good time on, hanging out in Jamaica. Really enjoyed it. I was on the beach and by the pool and perhaps on the plane, and my reading choice was Hawk, was reading the Hawk Harrelson book, and Hawk Harrelson, congratulations on going to the Hall of Fame, I really wanted that for you, so did a zillion other people, and he got in, and, but I did not realize what a complete lunatic Hawk Harrelson is, I mean this guy has had quite the life, Sl- has a slump, what's the way out of a slump, well let's go get in a bar brawl, that's the way out, I'm going to go to a bar, pick a fight, and and and. Uh, and that's the way I'm going to get my myself back red hot at the at the plate. Uh, Ed Farmer joins us right now. Farmio, whenever you were struggling on the mound, what was your solution? Did you go and have a fight in a in a in a, in a bar? A la, a la Hawk Harrelson.
0: No, I tried to be get. I tried to get better. <laughs> <laughs> I stink right now. I got to get better. He,
3: Farmio, good to, good to hear you, my friend. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all of it. Thanks,
0: Merry Christmas, to everybody. Yeah, and Happy New Year.
3: Yeah, so. So I'm reading. You know, Hawks giving tributes to everybody in his book, and he gets to you, Ed Farmer, and he just talks about how much he appreciates both you, a as a player, and b as a guy, and how much you know generous and everything about you. So he, that, that he gave you he gave you a lot of love in the book, Farmer. I don't know if you've read it, but uh, I tricked him. <laughs> I don't. No, think that's was, true. Uh,
0: he was my first baseman when I made the team at 18. And he goes, what are you doing over here? I go, I want to see where the big leaguers were. He goes, where's your locker? I go, well, see that next thing of lockers? He goes, yeah. I said, see that next thing of lockers? He goes, yeah. I said, you see the drain pipe? He goes, yeah. I said, I hang my clothes on a drain pipe. He goes, well, you go over there, and when you've earned it here, then you'll know what it is to be in the big leagues. I said, okay, thanks. And then he turned around and he had like a grand on him, money. And he said, "If you need any of this, you come over and see me for it. You got it." I said, "Do I have to pay it back?" He goes, "Of course, yes. Come on, yeah." That was the initiation. He had some strange clothes. So was that what that was with the Indians? Correct. Yes, that was in that uh, was in Tucson, Arizona.
3: Okay, and what year are we talking? Is that seventy-one? No, nineteen sixty eight. Sixty eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I should I should yeah. know that. So here's young Ed Farmer as a rookie and there, and there's the Hawk who was, you know, just come over from the Red Sox. The Indians paid, you know, wanted wanted a bet. He didn't want to go to Cleveland at all. He you no. know, and, and there and there you both are, a young Farmio and and there's the Hawk who he was like he was bigger than life at that point, was he not?
0: There's no question. I mean he had these he had this 10-gallon hat he wore, cowboy hat, uh, Nehru jackets, uh, bell-bottom pants, all different colors, and cowboy boots. And I'm going, what is this? I'm from the south side of Chicago, not Texas. <laughs> and I said, that's Ken Harrelson. I said, oh, that's the guy who was in Kansas City. He was in Kansas City, I think, first. And then he wound up in Boston, and he uh, had quite the year in Boston. He was it was one of the reasons him and Yostremski that they actually got better the Red Sox. Yeah, led the
3: American League in RBIs uh, with all absolutely yeah yeah third in the MVP voting
0: and strong as hell right. Oh, well, he he turned on the shower. He got mad. He turn it off. You you couldn't you just couldn't get it turned on. <laughs> you have to get a piece of steel and knock that uh, knock the little handle around so you get it or put it in that piece of steel and crank it.
3: Well, that's not a good teammate.
0: Not If you want to take a shower, it's not. <laughs> no, he, he did some strange things, but yeah. yeah. And then I came up in 71. He was my first baseman. And uh, he he looked after me, let me say that. Yeah. Very generous, very generous man. And you retired. Very the, generous.
3: You retired in the middle of the year, correct? Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. He, I looked up one day and he was gone. Where'd he go? He retired to what? I didn't know.
3: Well, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I, I didn't. You know, nineteen seventy-one. I was. I obviously was not there. I was born in seventy-three. But he leaves baseball at twenty-nine years old to go and try to play professional golf. That's not a normal career. You know, you're in the big leagues. You don't normally leave the big leagues to to uh, do the do the golf thing. And
0: this is not much. making thing. more money betting. On the golf course, than he was as a Major League Baseball player. No, <laughs> oh, he was playing for big money. Yeah. Yeah. He could play. Hang, he could play.
3: Hanging with Arnie Palmer and.
0: Oh, yeah, please. A million others. Uh, he had all these guys that were golf pros coming by. I'm not kidding. Hey, there's, there's Jack Nicholas. I mean, come on. Well, it's a it's it's a hell of a run. What, what
3: did what did what did it mean to you, uh, Farmio, being around to see uh, him get the, the the Ford C Frick
0: going into the Hall of Fame? For for me, for him going in, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it's uh, well past two. Uh, he made certain things, and everybody. I mean, you can, can still hear him saying yes. You can still hear that. I mean, some of the people love that. Well, it's just not for everybody, but. For him, yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah,
0: he uh, he knew the game of baseball. He was general manager of the White Sox, also. He, he wrote, and, yeah, he
3: he wrote about that in the in the book, basically saying that he got a really really rough ride from everybody for the one year that he was doing it, um, and he, you know, he had never really defended himself at the time, but he defended himself in the book as to the, all the extenuating circumstances that went on that year and why the decisions were made. So he actually holds his head high over that one season, even though a lot of White Sox yeah. fans will, will you know, kill him for it.
0: Mark, there's not much you can do when they say you no longer want it here. You leave. And uh, he did that, but never said why. Never had a, a bad thing to say. I mean, we work for the best owner in the game of baseball, Jerry Reinsdorf. No matter what the people think, this guy, this guy knows what he's doing. And Jerry, he couldn't be a better guy around. Just couldn't have, I mean that's what it is. And uh when Jerry when Jerry looks at you and he tells you the truth, he expects you to tell him the truth back. May not be the best thing. He asks me a question, I, I tell him the truth. This is what I think. And that doesn't mean he's going to do it. That just means he wants my opinion
3: white sox play by play voice ed farmer with us here on seven twenty w g n white sox weekly till the top of the hour you're mentioning jerry he likes uh talking baseball does he not farmio and, and absolutely and he and he and he knows it right i mean this is uh it's not somebody who's been just sitting in the box smoking cigars every year here and, and not paying attention he he oh, no no he he's got some he knows thoughts. what he's
0: doing mark you know that as well as I do he knows what he's doing and uh He gets the point across. All he wants to do is win. And uh, we'll make these little moves here and there. I still think we're going to get another pitcher other than Gio Gonzalez. We're going to get another pitcher. I'm just waiting to see what happens in arbitration and everything else because that's when things are going to spring. They're going to start springing up now after Christmas and into January when arbitration... uh, Remember, I took Jerry to arbitration. (laughs) <laughs> I did. I took Jerry to arbitration and he met me outside and uh the team was offering me three fifty and I went at four ninety five and I had uh, set the club record and saves and he said just just take the money. I-, I don't want us to start out he and Eddie, I know that bought the team. And I said, I've never made three fifty before, let alone four ninety five. I'm gonna go to arbitration. I'll see if I can win. I said, just to answer me a question. Do you want me on the mound? In that game at uh, at Fenway Park in Boston on opening day. Do you want me on the do you want me on the mound? He goes, Yes. I said it's gonna cost you four ninety five And he started laughing, but uh, what a what a what an honest guy. Just uh, all he wants to do is win. I mean he wants to win. Uh, they may push the salaries the ionosphere, like they're going now. But he'll find somebody to come in, and we'll get somebody going, and we'll win again. Because all we want to do is win. Right? For me, it's win for Jerry, everybody connected with the organization, and Kenny Williams all the way down to the people selling cracks or Jackson hot dogs. We just want to win again.
3: That was me in 92, Farmie, on my rookie season in the big league, selling cotton candy as a vendor. I never quite made it on the mound like you, but – don't think I wasn't there in '92 with the cotton candy farmio.
0: We actually won at two oh five. So if you were there in '92, you had a long stay in the bleachers. Yeah. Remember, we won at 05.
3: Yeah, no, it was it was it was a it was a long journey to five. I was there in oh five? Oh it yes, no- it
0: was. Yeah, but it was worth every step, wasn't it? No,
3: no, no question about it. So I uh, just hearing your summation of the off season here sounds like you're pleased with Gio, and, and I, I'm assuming Omar Mazzara playing some right field.
0: Uh yeah, I haven't seen him. I've not seen him, so okay. I can't make the jurisdiction on him. Okay. Uh, um, and I've seen the catcher. He's very quiet behind home plate. Doesn't take anything away above average throwing arm. But I still think there's a couple of moves that Kenny, a Rick Recon and Jerry are going to make. Okay. Do you expect to I just him? think that.
3: You expect them to contend
0: in, in twenty twenty or Farmio? That's what we're putting a uniform on. I don't get dressed up to lose. <laughs> Exhaust everything on that baseball field for as long as it takes, and hopefully we'll win. Yeah. If we don't win, then we got to get better.
3: No, no question. What what do you what do you got for the holiday season, Farmio? Last year at this time, you were dodging you were you were dodging fires out there, saving saving
0: babies. Yes. Well, those aren't. Uh, we're not dodging any fires, per se. The temperature we're going to get snow in the local mountains down to two thousand feet, which is going to put snow uh, not in Malibu but close. Uh, the hills are certainly going to be white, but we're just going to stay by the house and relax. All right. Um, well, I fun. want to thank everybody for listening. And Darren and I will be at Sox Fest at the end of January. Then I think our first game is like January twenty third. Yeah. It's, it's and it seems that way. It's coming. And then we'll have Sox Fest. It's going to be February twenty third. I think. Okay. I haven't seen I haven't seen it, but I know that we open the Cactus League in February. And The first game at uh, Guaranteed Rate. Um, that's going to be. I'm pulling it up right the, now. It's March. It's going to be the twenty sixth of March. We Fe- play Kansas City at home. February twenty two is the first
3: spring training game against the Angels, which is kind of that's just, that's crazy, uh, and then of course opening day, that's right, Kansas City at Guaranteed Rate Thursday, March twenty sixth. Don't warm. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be
0: <laughs> it's going to be seventy five. Because I degrees. know one thing, I know one thing, my boots going to be closed on my side. <laughs> March twenty
3: sixth, that's crazy. That's what I said. I mean, April, April fifth was crazy. We're going March twenty sixth. Can we get some double headers going on here and start the season later? I, I just whatever. It's I don't. We don't have any control. April,
0: April fifth one year we had snow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not kidding. Uh, March 26th. I Forget who it was. It to put uh, tennis rackets on their spikes came out like they were, you know, skiing. Uh, that's not not lately, but when I was a player, yeah, absolutely. Is was there one person
3: out there, diehards included, that were like, you know what, we need to elongate the baseball season?
0: <laughs> it needs to be. I, it needs to be. I don't longer. believe so. <laughs> I'd have to look deep. Yeah. Probably Bob Molinaro, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, good. To not t- getting Molly Grove up to play. Yeah.
3: Good to talk to you, Ed Farmer. Thanks for taking time. Thanks, Carm. Yeah, you're the best. Everybody Ed.
0: out there, listening audience, have a Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to one and all. And uh, Happy New Year. We'll see you at Sox Fest. I think it's the 28th, 29th of January. And then in the Cactus League, we'll have 10 games that we bring you on WGN Radio.
3: There it is. All right, Farmer, you'll be good.
0: Okay. Thanks, guys. Come. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you, brother. Okay. Thank you. Merry yeah. Christmas to you too. Absolutely. And congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Best wishes to you. Thanks, God Farmer. bless. Bye, bye. Ed Farmer on seven twenty
3: WGM. My guy, I'll give you some Sox Fest info coming on back here, and uh, a little tribute to a very, very special White Sox fan as well. That is next on White Sox Weekly.
2: It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. 720 WGN.
3: Thanks again, to Ed Farmer, for jumping on. And again, happy holidays from all of us here. As we get ready for little bonus play tonight, Blackhawks hockey is coming up. Northwestern basketball is going to be on Uh, AM 1000 this evening as uh, the Wildcats and DePaul over at Wintrust Arena. That should be a good one uh, tonight, Dave. And it's Joey Meyer, of course, on the call. All right, shout out uh, to the White Sox and to the world's oldest White Sox fan uh, who has passed away, C.P. Crawford went to a game last September For the first time, 112 years old, Uh, the White Sox giving him a jersey with number 112 on the back. Um, He got hooked up with a bunch of other merchandise, and uh, here's a guy who's you know long, 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 long time White Sox fan, but he did uh, pass away recently, and there wasn't a whole bunch of dough for a funeral. I don't know if there was any money for a funeral, so. A uh, community activist by the name of Andrew Holmes. He was able to raise six thousand dollars, and then the White Sox uh, stepped in to cover the remaining costs. First class move uh, by the White Sox. CP Crawford, a uh, hundred and twelve years old. I mean, just that's crazy, right? A hundred. You you live to be one twelve. CP, uh, R.I.P. and congratulations. That is that is an amazing uh, life well lived. Uh, one, twelve. I don't. Thinking about that, my dad's 94. That would give him roughly 18 more years. That'd be sweet. Uh, I think we would all sign up for 112 or, you know, 8 short of 112 or 10 short of 112. That's that's a hell of a run. Uh, but the White Sox, they always are doing stuff behind the scenes like that where uh, they step in and that's just part of the Jerry Reinsdorf deal. Um and picking up the check, which obviously they can afford, but just a, a very, very nice gesture right there. 2020 ticket packages on sale now. Secure your seat with a 20-game plan. Find the plan that meets your schedule and your budget. Lower-level plan starting as low as $403. That's $20 a ticket for 20 games. For more information, you can visit WhiteSox.com, 312-674-1000. And... Yes, Sox Fest is right around the corner. Well, about a, a month away or so, we will be out there in force. Yes, Curtis, you're 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 looking at me. Okay, I got you. I got you, my friend. No no problem. Uh, Sox Fest is the weekend. Farmio was a little bit uh, a little bit ahead. It's January twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth. We'll be doing shows and a ton of coverage uh, and looking forward to it. It's always a great time and. The Hawker rule will be there as he's going into the Hall of Fame. So looking forward to that. Twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth. That's the weekend for what Sox Fest coming up in January. Take our final timeout on seven twenty WGN.